I love you so much that the sky makes me think I wish there were more Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, I love you so much that your face reminds me of everything I ever want to see forever. When I think of how you sit near me, I want you to sit closer all the time. When you're not in the room with me, I wish that you would come somewhere where I was. <laughs> cream here. It's tasty. It's good to eat some ice cream. This is Josh and Tracy. We're back. We're back. Josh, Tracy, and some ice cream. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we were talking in the previous section about ethics in relationship. And I kind of threw out some of my thoughts. What are your thoughts about that? Hmm. All right. Well, first, at least initially, I, I want to cast aside some of what I feel are tiresome but important ethics that probably should be addressed, but I'll cast them aside because I'm feeling a little bit reckless. <laughs> and those things are things like cheating on each other, um, lying, concealing, theft, um, embezzlement kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All of financial things. abuse yeah um, and even for now even like the blatantly unethical stuff like physical and psychological abuse you know oh yeah putting those let's we're we're we're, we're going to operate from the premise that that's not what we we will you and I will not be dealing with those things yeah. for sure so for you listeners out there sorry uh, <laughs> if that's oh. what you wanted to hear about <laughs> <laughs> darn it um so, no, I think that when, um, well, just before we started this episode, well, I won't go into details because it's got a big backstory for it. For it. However, um, one of the key things with ethics is um, as we become more vulnerable and open, it has to do, because um, I think, when I think of ethics, I think fundamentally of not harming somebody like not not doing harm mm -hmm. you know and yeah. sometimes the challenge with ethics is determining what does harm look like right right <laughs> you know? and realizing that it is never black and white there's some yeah. things that are a little bit harmful and some things are a little bit beneficial and some people things seem like they'll be beneficial turn out to be harmful vice versa right so i think for for you and i um a lot of the work because we're we are pretty early. I mean, we're about 
six months into our relationship and some of the, the ethical pieces that we're putting together have to do with um, uh, understanding where harm might be done um, and how we don't want to like tiptoe around each other because the, right. the idea is to open to each other to build a sense of connection to really savor each other and yet at the same time in the midst of becoming vulnerable as our relationship deepens we have a greater capacity to to hurt the other person either through um well all kinds of ways i mean um, one example could be like if there's a sensitive topic that i'm that you know is sensitive to me like finding the right moment to talk about it might be a good example of what i feel to be ethics in a relationship mm, you know mm-hmm. um there's even times where you've um, mentioned that if there's something on your mind that it kind of gets to you if if I were to stew on it and not bring it up if there was like a problem of some kind. Yeah, that's kind of one of my sort of, I mean, it's my issue, so I'm not expecting the whole world to accommodate me, but it is kind of one of my issues that I'd much rather, even if it can't be processed in the moment, if someone gently lets me know, okay, that kind of, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm upset about that or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm not ready to talk about it, but we'll get back to it, rather mm-hmm. than having the person be mad at me and not tell me they're mad at yeah. me. Like, for whatever reason, that feels very, I mean, I, I, I can deal with it, like I said, it's my issue, I can cope with that issue, mm-hmm. but that sense of someone being mad and not telling me they're mad. I mean, it's also on the other side of it is like, you know, I feel like your tendency might be more, if you were to choose one, you would more stew. You wouldn't like be cruel ever, I don't mm-hmm. think. You know, mm-hmm. you certainly haven't ever been. No, I am much, um, in the moment, if I dislike something, that, that I said or you said or the way I feel about some interaction we have um, depending on like the level of discomfort I feel it, it's very possible that I, I won't even make a comment you know um, it's not to say that my non-verbals <laughs> you might see them anyway and just say why is he bringing that up he seems uncomfortable um, but I, I'm much more likely to, to bring something up only if I feel that it's like if it is systemic rather than like a, a one-off you know what I mean so yeah yeah that, that, and I wouldn't enjoy being constantly critiqued certainly mm-hmm. if that were you know but by the same token I wouldn't I, I just I just feel like if someone is stewing on something if you're holding if you have something's annoying and you're just stewing on it it mm-hmm. It doesn't give the other person a chance to mm-hmm. make a change, first of all. And then, mm-hmm. and then it, I feel like it, it just gets bigger. That's, that's the assumption that I make. And it isn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's just always been, that's just more, that's just something that triggers me, is not mm-hmm. knowing. And then also because I'm pretty yeah good read of people, I can usually tell... Mm-hmm. If somebody is doing, and sometimes, but I don't yeah. necessarily know what they're doing about. Yeah. So, but no, but I would say, as I mean, you you know you, and so mm-hmm. I mean, if if just not 
addressing something is because it really doesn't matter, then that's one thing. But if not addressing it because you don't want to have to deal with addressing it, then I guess mm -hmm. I wouldn't like that. Mm -hmm. But it's your choice, of course. But I mean, I wouldn't, I would feel mm -hmm. like I'm not going to be that yeah. hard to deal with if you yeah. bring something up. Because you have, we both yeah. have, like at times, yeah. and you've brought up things mm -hmm. and, and, and I'll often feel like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, yeah. but I don't like, it doesn't turn into a yeah. thing. And I, I bring this up because I see this as an example of a, like an ethical structure in our relationship. Mm -hmm. It's one example of something that, that I, I see our conversations around it as having established a little bit of an ethical framework. Like I wouldn't have known that that is something that was a concern of yours, you know? I mean, there is kind of a heuristic in general that a lot of people say, well, if something's wrong, just let me know, you know, just because I want to People don't that. always mean that. Yeah, they don't. But you, you say it in a way that you mean it. Mm -hmm, a, lot of time, a lot of times people, they don't, they don't always mean it. They're just kind of making sounds. <laughs> making sounds from their mouths. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Which, because what they really mean is let me know so I can convince you that you're wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. And if you do actually let them know, they're, you know, they become mm -hmm. suddenly forgetful that they wanted yeah. to know that. But I would say... Um, do you think that... Um, I, can I, no, no, please, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that um, in real... I, I, this is when... I'm checking to see if you agree with me on something, because I, I think that in relationships like ours, partnerships like ours, that we do a little bit of... Um, parenting of each other do you see that happening not like babying but some parenting like i might be paternal towards you or caretaking in a way or nurturing towards you you know um do, do you see some aspects of a healthy relationship being some parenting or, or reparenting maybe even compensating to some extent for some aspects of parenting that you might not have received as a as a child hmm. well i think that that can be there, there's a there's a place in a continuum where that could be just a healthy thing and then there's some places where that yeah. could be super unhealthy yeah depending on what it is because i think i think two people i think you and i are both people who have spent a decent amount of time trying to you know become psychologically healthy mm-hmm uh, and are continuing in that, you know, mm -hmm. as an ongoing process. Um, and I think that one of the characteristics of human interaction is a sense of nurturing or like I feel strong today and you do not feel as strong. And so mm -hmm. I am eager to create that sense of safety and vice versa. You've done that for me mm -hmm. several times. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, I don't see that as like a dysfunctional sort of transference where you're, you're my mm -hmm. daddy, you're my mommy, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not like that. Yeah. It's like, um, it's just one of the characteristics of an adult human yeah. that sometimes they can step into a, um, a psychologically adult human, uh -huh. they can step into a role of nurturing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think I, 
my opinion, and you can tell me if you agree, uh, I don't feel like either of us monopolizes mm-hmm. either role. I don't feel like you're constantly paternal or I'm constantly maternal or vice versa. I mean, or, oh. or, either, or that either of us is infantile mm-hmm. in any way. I was thinking to what extent, um, like, midlife partnerships serve as, in terms of our development, you know, how they facilitate mm. human development is, yeah. is where I'm going with this, because, ah, yeah. you know, we, we both pretty much know that development doesn't stop in late adulthood. You know? Well, sometimes it does, yeah. but that's not the way it's supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would like to think that one of the things that because we're at different developmental stages that our relationship facilitates our, you know, individual developments a little differently. Mm-hmm. And some aspects of that have to do, I mean, they're, they go together with parenting. I think like one of the ways that kids mature is through interactions with their parents, right? Yeah. And I think that it's just aspects of parenting mothering and peer relations are always there within us no matter what age we're at you know mm, true i don't know i'm, I'm kind no of, no absolutely yeah well just like yeah i mean the capacity for all those different states of consciousness um like parental and equal and you know, all of those different things exist at every age. And as you mature, perhaps, you know, the way you manifest it matures as well. Mm-hmm. So, I... So just as, I think, as a... I'm interrupting you. No, you're not. Actually, I'm just making noises oh. sincerely. Like, oh. I think I'm just kind of... I, I'm just sometimes just making noises. Oh. oh. Well, good. Because... This leads me to what I think is a really good framework for looking at complex situations sometimes is because, you know, we talked about the, a little bit about some family stuff and a little bit about individual stuff. And so we haven't gone to quite yet, like, our role as middle-aged relationships in a larger society, you know, of other people that are you know, involved in politics, professions, decision makers. So, you know, a lot of our discussion so far has had has dealt with things like emotions, communication, love, vulnerability. At the same time, we are, you know, members of society as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there has, there's some way, I think, that people in partnerships can contribute differently to society as partners hmm. you know and it's something i haven't heard a lot about um, however in a more egalitarian society it would stand to reason that the contributions of people in a partnership could be more powerful you know we no longer have the situation where one person and this is just what i'm thinking is like not in the home, you know, like when a women's place was in the home. Certainly they still had influence and input into social circles. Um, But now with our more egalitarian society, uh, a middle-aged partnership seems like it would be 
a more powerful place for you know adults to have a voice we could you know support each other mm, more because mm-hmm. we do have more or less shared ideologies you know mm-hmm. kind of progressive ideas mm-hmm. um yours are a little more mature than mine i kind of wish that i had spent a little more time there but oh well um something to learn from you oh well, that's yeah. very kind of you yeah um however that that might be one more piece of the ethical picture you know is our responsibilities in, in larger society you know mm-hmm. um, we've had a couple little discussions about um white privilege and you know you as a regular feature of your facebook echo chamber are feminist statements and mm-hmm. pro progressive anti conservative kinds of humor and stories you know not humor stories so i i think of it as more anti nationalistic uh-huh. anti fascism uh-huh. because true conservatism is nothing i've ever had a problem with it's right this the term conservative has gotten co-opted by yeah nationalists yeah so um yeah okay and sexists yes and racists yes <laughs> uh-huh. but the term conservative i mean it's a you know gosh dang it anyway i don't mean to go down that rabbit rabbit hole but there's nothing wrong with the the term conservative i feel like they really took it and abused Mm -hmm. it what do you think about this idea though of people in partnerships using their partnership to make their public voice more forceful what do you think about that well i think any time that we have um more than one voice Mm-hmm. it creates more space. Because mm-hmm. like, if you are speaking up about important things and I am speaking up about important things, mm-hmm. we are two more people speaking up about important things. Mm-hmm. And I really... And then and then the other people who might be feeling certain ways but are mm-hmm. afraid to speak up are less afraid to speak up. Mm-hmm. Or it starts introducing if 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 one introduces ideas like because one of the things I try to do if you mentioned like my my Facebook echo chamber, um or my social media echo chamber, um what I the reason I curate it the way that I do is because I'm trying to create a place for people who to know that oh I'm not alone mm-hmm. in worrying or con- being concerned or thinking about these things. And then that helps them to speak up. I don't believe that you can change, I don't, you know, I'm not going to change anybody's mind who has a different perspective, but I can encourage the people with similar perspectives and mm-hmm. the same with you. And yeah. it's always easier to do that if you have a pal mm-hmm. to do that with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as, and then also because we're in a, um, a heterosexual relationship and we're both white, we have a lot of unearned straight white privilege, which we can, in a sense, leverage mm-hmm. to create a space for people who are um, not so not so un- don't have that kind of unearned privilege. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things about it that mm-hmm. you know that we have been you know whatever kind of a partnership people are in they have their particular mm-hmm. platform where they can mm-hmm. 
speak, but we have a particular kind of, you know, when a person has a lot of unearned privilege, one of their privileges is that they can choose whether or not they want to engage in these issues. Mm -hmm. A person who doesn't have all that unearned privilege doesn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So, so that's part of our privilege is we can say, meh, don't really want to deal with it. But that's why, but, but that's not, I wouldn't want to be that guy. I uh, have this, you know, the book that I got from Powell's that uh, is on Spanish slang or Mexican slang specifically. Yeah. It also has some just like Mexican phrases or tidbits of wisdom that were sometimes considered graffiti and sometimes they're just like little joke things. And one of them that says uh, marriage, it either becomes a duet or a duel is (laughs) one of the things. You know, and, you know, in terms of the middle-aged relationship, sometimes it seems like the the kind of sparring or dueling that takes place is, I don't know, this is, it's just we're, we're so real, like, mellow and chill with each other. Sometimes it's hard for me to, to relate to that, the dueling part of it, at least, mm-hmm. you know. But we will joke about being competitive sometimes like with salsa we'll make jokes it's like i'm gonna be the best at salsa yes yes and you're like i'm gonna listen to all the salsa Uh until it's in my bones yes so we we have that but we were we were um making up little songs the other night oh my gosh that was so cool man yeah so there there's this um I don't know, when I, when I was thinking about ethics, I was thinking a little bit about, like, things as people in love that we have an obligation to do, like, a joyful obligation to do, you know, because ethics on one hand, it's do no harm, but I think ethics on another hand is if there are, if you have activities that you're responsible for maintaining in order for harm not just to occur, you know, so it's, I'm thinking it's almost like we have like a joyful obligation opportunity to to harmonize, you know? Mm. Um, that it becomes a responsibility and not just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like a like a, a sense of an an active decision to to cooperate and harmonize and not just mm-hmm. and again that's I think the not taking things for granted mm-hmm. to see it as an active effort and it is I see what you mean like we are very relaxed with each other mm-hmm. um and but I just but I just treasure that I just treasure it mm. and and then I have a, a desire to not interfere with it so that's like part of that ethics thing of like okay this is a hot button I feel that I need let's say if there's some hot button button issue like some topic that one or the other or the other of us is like a, a sensitive spot but the other person feels like for whatever reason they feel a desire to address it somehow because it feels like important so like it's like it's the sort of the thing of like if something's a hot button for you but I feel it's not just me wanting to go, hey, stop having a hot button. It's me going, there's something about this hot button 
that I I feel the need to have some resolution for myself mm-hmm. on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For me to have a sense of clarity on something, then I might gently continue to pursue it. But so I feel like that's another aspect of the ethic. It's not just about non-malfeasance and beneficence to the other, but also honoring yourself. Like this mm-hmm. is a thing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be a dick about it, but <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. a thing for me. I want to know about it. I don't want to, you know, and so, so while still respecting the other person's right to take their sweet time or to say, no, this will never, this little hot button is never available to you, mm-hmm. um, would be a potential that a person could say. Mm-hmm. And then the other person would also have the choice to say, well, then that's yeah. a deal breaker. Yeah. I don't, that's not, I mean, I'm saying, so the ethic is mm-hmm. if each person has a sense of what is there or isn't yeah. their boundary. Do you, um, well, my perspective is when, when you want to talk to me about, A, make sure I don't like go on too long about this. Oh, when you want to talk to me about something that I know I will be emotional about, um, sometimes I see that as um, an opportunity for me to, to grow, like for something that's a, a hot button or a vulnerable or difficult topic, I see it as a chance for me to, I don't know, process it a little bit, see if I can get some clarity on it. Do you do you feel okay about that? That sometimes I'm not just answering your questions, but I'm also kind of like working through my shit a little bit. Yeah, you mean you're saying do I do I'm, am I aware that that's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say I usually, I mean, I often am. I might not always yeah. know, but yeah, I would say generally, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, a kitty cat has a noisy toy. I'm sorry, kitty cat. You're going to have to have that put away for a little bit. That's a very realistic dying mouth sound on that toy. <laughs> what? She's going to find it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, I was just talking about how when you do get to necessary explorations of topics that you want to know about. Well, and I feel like when I... You've been always very receptive and respectful of when I've said, you know, this is... I'm I'm noticing this or I'm noticing Mm -hmm. this is going on. And you're very Mm -hmm. non-defensive. I'd say... Which I, I appreciate a lot. Well, that's your your skill. That's one of your skills is to not create defensiveness. I think as a counselor, I mean, I know you don't like exercise counseling with me, but one of your skills is to be able to discuss things that someone might get defensive about and they discuss them in a way that they're comfortable with, you know. So I, I feel that with you sometimes. And it may Thank not be you. partly your skill. I mean, a little bit of it's just me trusting you, too. Yeah. And well, I appreciate you saying I have skill. That's really kind. But also, yeah, I mean, all my skill, all the skill in the world isn't going to make a bit of difference if you're not willing to be authentic. Because mm. people can, you know, people like def- will feel defensive if they are predisposed to interpret things as an attack even when they're not mm-hmm. so no matter how skillfully I might do that it's not gonna 
mm-hmm. be effective, especially in a close, intimate relationship. You're obsessed with my cat right now. What's going on? Well, I thought she was going to chew on the spoke of that bicycle tire. Well, but... she's very aware that it's she's not she wants to be the center of attention. She's a clever cat. Mm-hmm. Um, We're coming but... close to the the end of our our thing here. Okay. Okay. Um, no, but you're not, you're, you're, you have, we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing you and I both mostly have in common, I'd say, I think, but you can tell me if you agree, uh, is a desire to not, a desire to, um, work through things mm-hmm. and to not do you think we have too much of a desire to do that you think sometimes i think that like like it's great to work through things but sometimes i get the urge to to lighten up a little bit and feel like sometimes i'm not to get away from working through things but to be like less Less, less analytical about stuff, but I, I enjoy the analytical thing is, is part yeah, of it. Yeah, it can be pleasurable, yeah. the analytical part. But to me, I would say when I'm really working through things, it's not, it's it's only a little bit of it is analytical. Most of it probably isn't. Most of it is probably somatic and mm-hmm. philosophical rather than analytical. Mm-hmm. Um, tabby or something else. Um, uh so I would say I think it comes down to what's the goal like for me working through things is so that I can return to a state of equilibrium or or I can Mm. return to a state of feeling peaceful Mm -hmm. and at ease Mm -hmm. so if something is gnawing at me and I can't and it's not just like easy for me to just detach Mm -hmm. um, then it might need a little extra attention but but then, then I can go back to feeling free and silly and... Because huh. that's much... That's a good place to be. I love your free silliness. And I love your serious analyticalness, too. Especially when it is... Uh, um, like, well-articulated and, like, interactive, you know? Where it becomes a combination of analysis and improv at the same time. <laughs> you know? Yes, so and always have some, and always have some improv with your analysis. I say. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got thirty thirty some seconds here left on this section. Um, these were some good episodes. Good episode. So so let's uh, let's do some more more stuff soon. More soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.